live as Christ, the name of my sermon this morning. And I, you know, as I said, and I firmly believe that, not coincidence, I didn't ask God for a confirmation, but for some reason he just popped that on there. Jared said, I've never heard it before because I don't listen to the radio, and he's probably right. <laughs> I believe that God planted that song at that right moment when I was sitting in the truck listening for confirmation for me and maybe for you this morning. Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 26. It says, So it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ because of my coming to you again. Lord, this morning I thank you for your word. God, just open our hearts. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. See, to live is Christ. Like one of the, one of the things that's said up here, more of... Jesus and less of me. To live as Christ, to live in this life as Christians, we should exemplify the life of Christ. We should exemplify what Christ stood for. I like in this scripture it says, it's my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed. That I will live my life in such a way to bring honor and glory to Him in my body. Whether, whether I live or whether I die, the Apostle Paul says, I want Christ to be glorified in me. And if you look at your life this morning and you think, man, I'm a failure. You're not a failure if you've come to Christ because He has renewed you. We are a new creation in Him. When, when, we, when, we, all, when we fail and we fall, we come back to Him. And our desire, see then, if now if we go through life just thinking, well, it doesn't matter, He'll always forgive me so I can live what, how I want to, God help us. But in our earnest desire to live for Christ, in our earnest desire to serve Him, in our earnest desire to let Him be pleased with our life, we will constantly recognize when we make mistakes, when we fall, when we sin, and we will run back to Him and receive his forgiveness. You see, if we think about a telescope or a magnifying glass, they're made to make things that are far away or small bigger so that they, they, they can, we can see them better, so we can understand them better, so we can study them better. And that's what one of the things that we are to do to Christ when, when we, as we live this life, we are to magnify Him. We are to live our lives in such a way that, that people see Him better. That they understand Him more. That they study Him deeper in us. We should magnify Him for those around us. And we do that by the way we live our life, both 
You know, we sang a song this morning that talked about, uh, talked about in the good times, we're going to worship Him. But in the rough times, we're going to worship Him. You see, when we can live out that kind of life, we magnify Christ. People see that, and they see that Christ is there with us, and we trust Him no matter what we're going through. No matter where we are in our station in life, people will look at us and they will see, wow, how do they still trust Him even in the midst of what they're going to through? So Christ is to be magnified in our attitudes. Our at an attitude is the way we think and feel towards things and people. How many have struggled with their attitude this week? Come on now. The rest of you aren't wanting to be honest this morning or what? We are, we are battling the flesh constantly. And one of the things we are battling is having a bad attitude. A negative attitude towards the people we work with. Now, you don't have to amen me when I jump on one of yours. Come on now. Uh, Car Carmen used to sing a song, and, he, and in it he went through all these soap operas, and all these people were shouting when they got to one. I guess they watched and didn't realize, well, what are you watching that thing for? But anyway... Uh, but, but, you know, those people we work with, and, and how about driving down Main Street in Keokuk? Come on. Come on now. Well, yeah. Sometimes we really struggle. I mean, there, there are days. Now, how many have ever went through a day and thought, wow, I did good today? <laughs> Man, I, I'd had a good day. You know, I, I know my wife has said before she tells these little preschool, you had a good day today, you know. Some of the worst students, you had a good day. Why? Because they had a good You know what? Sometimes I think we feel like, oh, I had a, finally had a good day. Give me a cardinal ticket or whatever they get. Come on now. I had a good day. All right. I didn't have a, I didn't have a mean thought today about anybody. I... Until I got home. <laughs> Wait a minute. Because the next, thing, the next thing in the list is sometimes we have a bad attitude about towards our spouses or our children or our dog. <laughs> Whatever. Sometimes we make it pretty good through the day and think we've got it made. And then, you know, the ones that we love the most are usually the ones that get beat up the worst, you know. And that, you know... To live as Christ, our attitudes need to be magnified so that others will see we have, when we have a good attitude and we have a good day, they will see that we are truly followers of Christ. Because we also struggle with negativity and criticalness. Every little thing we criticize and we agonize over every little thing. Man, why did they do this? And why did they do that? And on and on. And many times, really, who does that affect? It affects us. And when it affects us, eventually it's going to affect someone else. You see, Paul says, you know, I don't want to be ashamed in anything in my life. Obviously, he struggled with it just like you and I. If you read... The, you know, if you read about the Apostle Paul and you read some of his confessions, you realize he was struggling too, but he says he's making a determination here. He's making a statement here. I do not want to be ashamed of anything. 
God, help me to live in such a way that I don't have to be ashamed. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to say, God, I know I'm a miserable failure. I'm a wreck sometimes, God. But today, I want you to help me that I will not be ashamed in anything in my life. Of anything I say, anything I do, even anything I think. Because well, it can't hurt to think bad thoughts, can it? What? Well, maybe can't hurt that person, but boy, does it not hurt you? We want to magnify the Lord in everything that we do. And see, many times when we do this, when we have this kind of attitude, we are willing to step out of our comfort zone and do something that we don't want to do. We are willing to step out and say something we don't want to say. We are willing to come to the altar when we are afraid somebody might laugh at us or wonder what's wrong with us. Or why is the pastor crying again this morning? What's going on today? But we just let God be God and say, God, I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to magnify you as people see that I'm obedient to you. Disappointment. Has anybody been disappointed in anything this week? Come on. Yeah. We get disappointed and that's, again, that's, that's human nature. But we need to turn all that back over to Christ and say, hey, I don't want to be ashamed even in that kind of thing. I don't, want to, I don't want to live my life so that people see that I'm always disappointed and I'm always frustrated because the kind of magnification that brings isn't a good thing as Christians. Many times... I don't know if you find yourself here, many times we don't even want to get our hopes up about something because we've had our hopes dashed before. We don't even want to believe for something because, well, I haven't got my way before. So we get to where we don't even want to trust God for things. Now, come on, don't, you know, if you have to pick your feet up off the floor, now's a good time. Sometimes we don't even want to ask God because, well, I can't trust Him to do it anyway. Come on now. We're good, all good Christians. That ain't never happened to us, right? Man, God help us to trust Him more. Help us to just let Him be God and say, say God, here, here's my need, here's my want, here's, here, I'm laying it at Your feet, God, and I'm going to trust You to do what's right. I'm going to trust you to be that good, good father that I need. I'm going to trust you to just do what's right for me. And sometimes that doesn't line up with what this says is right. But if we, if we trust our God, we will let Him be our God. And we will let Him do what is right, not what is fair. We will honor Him, and magnify Him in our circumstances. You see, we all, at some point when you ask Christ into your life, you didn't get immediately raptured, right? Well, you're still here. So the fact that you're still here means that you're going to have to live in this life, right? You're going to have to get up in the morning, you're going to have to deal with if you have kids, you're going to have to deal with kids. If you have a spouse, you're going to have to deal with a spouse. If you have a job, you're going to have to deal with other people. If you have need groceries, you're going to have to go somewhere and buy some. So you're going to have to deal with circumstances that come along in life. 
And so because of that, we need to do our very best to live as Christ in those circumstances. They're not going to be easy. I've said it before, it's easy to come to church on Sunday morning and to be in this place and live as Christ, I think, for the most part. It's a whole lot easier to be in here and think, oh man, I, I I can sing and I can worship God and... And I can, I can be a Christian in there. It's so easy to be a Christian in church. <laughs> I love going to church. But the fact is, can't be here 24-7, right? You've got to live where God has put you. You've got to go. Even in that song, that, song, that video, it, it talks about where you've put me. I want to live as Christ where you've put me. So we know that in our life, God has stationed us in places. And many times, maybe it's not the ideal place that we would like to be, but for now, for this time, for this moment, He's placed you there. So you must do your very best to magnify Him in that circumstance. You must do your very best to show Christ in you in that circumstance. Scripture says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. In the Sermon on the Mount, we call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Um, I don't believe... I believe I'll go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. You see, we don't have to be destroyed by the enemy. We're not going to stop him from attacking us. We're not going to stop him from coming against us. But the Bible tells us we don't have to be defeated. It says we don't even have to be in despair. Because we know the God we serve is more than able to bring us the victory. We know that the God we serve is a God of love and mercy and grace. We know that He will be with us. And we know that He will take care of us. And when we have that kind of a lifestyle in our circumstances, it magnifies Christ. It shows the world and they can see Christ maybe in a little different way. We all have an eyesight. Some of us have good eyes. Some of us have bad eyes. And, and you might be two people looking at the same thing and you might see something differently, correct? If I put some letters up here on the board, you know, you go into the eye doctor and they say, okay, what's the smallest line you can read? And so you always try to, you know, you always try to you know, squint a little and you, you really want to, I want to be a star. <laughs> I'm going to read the small print, you know. And, and you know when you're doing that, oh, there's an O, or is that a Q? Or is it a C? And you make your best guess, okay? And the next person comes along beside, behind you, and they might guess 
the other one. Because they see it a little different. And what, we're, what we need to do with Christ is we need to live our lives in such a way that it brings it, him up close so that people can really see who Jesus is. They can really get a glimpse of his, of his love and his mercy in your life so that they can maybe desire to have him as well in their life. We talked a little bit about Job a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, and I want to read just a little passage out of Job, chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Hopefully, God will never say that to Satan about anyone in here. Because it gets pretty ugly for a little bit. Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery and which, with which to scrape himself while he sat in ashes. Now, doesn't that just sound like a beautiful picture? <laughs> then his sweet, loving, kind wife said to him, I'm reading... No. That's not in there. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But... He said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Okay. Shall we <laughs> shall we receive <laughs> Whew. Thankfully there was no amens from the men section this morning. Shall we re shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? In all his in all this Job did not sin with his lips. See, he was in a pretty tough circumstance. We, if, if you know what happened before this point, he had lost everything else. He would lost his family, he had lost his livestock, he had lost his home, he had lost everything, and he was still upright before the Lord. And his wife evidently had kept her mouth shut until the point when Job actually became sick himself. Sores from his head to his toe. He's scraping them with clay pots, okay? Maybe, I, you know... And his wife says, you know, Job, just curse God and die. It's, it's an interesting exchange here. And Job says, oh, no. Who am I? Who am I to tell God what to do with me? Who am I to tell God what he can and what he can't do in my life? I'm still going to trust him. I will not do that. I, I see that. What, what Job was doing with God in this circumstance was he was showing his wife and he was showing the rest of those around him a God who could be trusted. A God who could be worshipped even in the most difficult circumstances. Are we doing that with Christ? When we go through a circumstance... Are we, are we showing the world, are we showing our family, are we showing our co-workers that God can be trusted, that Christ is still our Savior, even though we're going through a hard time, even though, though we're going through a tough circumstance? 
Third thing I want to talk about this morning as we magnify Christ in our progressing faith. Verse 25 says, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with all you all for the furtherance and joy of your faith. You see, one of the things that we're called to do as Christians, one, the Great Commission, we're supposed to, we're supposed to disciple the world, we're supposed to preach to the world, we're supposed to... But the other thing that we're supposed to do is grow in the Lord. Because how can we, if we're growing, how can we produce fruit? If we're dead ourselves, if we're drying up, if we're, if we're not being fed and watered and nourished ourselves, how can we expect to grow fruit? And so we can magnify Christ when the world sees that we are not who we used to be and that we are continuing to grow in the faith. When I plant tomatoes, I plant them little plants in the ground and, and the first thing I do usually is the next day or two I look to see if they're laying over like this. Because <laughs> usually right after you plant them, they just kind of go... Well, the next day usually or the day after you see them start to stand up. And, and I don't say, oh, hallelujah, I got tomatoes! But what I see is a progressive growth. And then I see them getting bigger and bigger. And then I have to cage them. And then I have to start training the branches. And, and all that while, I don't see the fruit yet, but I see a, a, I see a progressing of their growth. I have hope and encouragement that one of these days I'm going to get the fruit off the vine. And you see, the world is watching you. Whether you want them to or whether you don't, it doesn't matter. They're watching you. They know what kind of a... a, a Filthy rascal you used to be, Lamont. I mean, all of us. They, your family knows how you lived your life. The world knows what you were like. What they see at salvation is they see somebody who changed and gave their life to Christ. But what they need to see continually is that you're growing and you're changing and, and you're working more towards your heavenly reward, and you're, you're looking more like Christ today. We don't, not, not a one of us looks like Christ. We, we had a friend who, in his church, there was this couple, and they gave, she gave a testimony when they were doing testimonies. She got up and she, she gave a testimony about her husband one day. She says, living with Joe is just like living with Jesus. Kind of, I guess kind of got a chuckle out of that. I don't know, but, but you know, the world around us should see that we are looking more and more like what the biblical model of Jesus is. Not the worldview model of what Jesus is, because that's totally different than the biblical model of who Jesus is. But people should see your progressing faith. Things that used to shake you up a year or two ago, now you, you got more trust in the Lord and you say, you know what, this is a tough thing to deal with, but Instead of being all shook up and all disturbed and all frustrated, I'm just going to trust the Lord to get me through this. And the world will begin to see a progressing faith, and as they do that, Christ will be magnified. They will begin to see and begin to think, and they'll begin to question, well, what is it about this person that is now different? They sometimes say, oh, they got religion. No, they got Christ. And as we get Christ, we're gonna, we want to be more like Him. And so they might start asking questions and maybe they'll come to you and say, why are you so different now than you were last year? 
Why are you different? What? How come you're acting different? It's six months ago when this would have happened to you, you would have exploded and you would have thrown a fit and you would have... But today you just calmly just took care of it. And they can see and, they, and you can begin to share, you know, I'm growing in the Lord. I got more faith today than I had six months ago or a year ago. I trust Him a little more today. There still might be things that shake me up and sometimes I, I, I fall off of that. But today, I'm growing in the faith and, and I have more trust and faith in God today than I did when you knew that man six months, a year, five years, ten years ago. See, that's, that will bring magnification to Christ. When we begin to speak and tell about the testimony of who Christ is in us and what He's doing in us and, and the, the Scriptures that we're reading and you can share, well, you know, the Lord laid on my heart a Scripture this week. And maybe you can't, you know, I'm terrible at, at memorizing where things are found. I'm terrible at it. So just so you know that, but, but I, I know the Scripture. I know what it says. And you can say, the Lord laid the Scripture on my heart this week. And, and really, you know, I think it's just for this moment because, you know, this is what it says and this is, this is where I'm at. And those kind of things are, are something that will show our progressing faith, that will show that we're walking forward in the Lord, that will show that, that we are not the same as we were some time ago. See, Paul says to live as Christ. He sees the value of remaining in Christ and in His service. A, a progressing faith will help us to reach out to others. A progressing faith will help us to love like we've never loved before. A progressing faith will help us love some of those people that we didn't think we could ever love. Has anybody ever had anybody like that in their life? No, don't, don't be pointing at each other. That ain't what I'm asking. Come on, there are people that we struggle to love. But the more we grow in the faith, more we should be asking, God, give us a love for that person like we've never had. Help us to love that person enough to pray for their salvation. Help us to love that person enough that if they were to cry out with a need, now come on, that we would respond. Instead of saying, well, they burnt their bridges, let their friends help them. We would say, hey, here's a person in need. You see, because when God looked at us, when God saved us, when God reaches out to us, He doesn't base that on what we've done for Him or to Him in the past. He doesn't come along and say, well, I see Nick's crying out today. He needs me, but you know what? The last time I tried to get a hold of Nick, he wouldn't answer the phone, so... I'm going to come over here because Lamont, you know, he was ready the last time I called, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Lamont have this blessing. You know, I'm going to touch Lamont this morning. Lord, <laughs> the Lord is looking at each one of us this morning, and He has already determined that He wants to reach out to us. And He wants to help us in our, in our walk, faith walk. He wants to help us to look more like Christ tomorrow than we did today. He wants to help us to live out our faith better tomorrow than, than we did today. He wants us to mag help us to magnify Him so that others will come to know Him.
You see, it's not so people will say, oh, you know, that person, they're such an awesome person, and, and man, I wish I could be like them. They should see Christ in you and say, oh, man, I want Jesus in my life. <laughs> they have made a difference in that person's life. So we magnify him. We magnify him in our life. We magnify him in our actions. We magnify him in our circumstances. We magnify him as we live for him. Our ultimate desire if we're, if we're Christians is for souls to be saved. To bring people to the kingdom. And that's what living like Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul was wanting to do. He wasn't wanting people to, to talk about how great he was. I, I don't think Billy Graham want people to talk about how great he was. Billy Graham just wanted to bring people to Jesus. And I said this on a Wednesday night, and I'm going to say it again, and, and I'm not saying anything negative about Billy Graham. I think he was an awesome man of God. I do. I think he was, he was a man of God. But I believe that God has put within each one of us the same call to be a man and woman of God. And we don't have to reach multiple thousands of people to be just as faithful to God as Billy Graham was. God called him to do what he did, and he did it well. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But he's called each one of us to live our lives as Christ. He has called each one of us with the same calling, with the same purpose, is to live for Christ and let him be magnified so that the world will know Jesus Christ. Amen. That is how we live as Christ. That is what He wants us to do today. You bow your heads this morning. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your Holy Spirit that, that leads us and guides us and speaks to our life. And this morning, God, I just ask that You would help us to make, to make a determination today to decide that today is, is, is a day when I'm going to totally commit to live for you. I want to live as Christ. I want to live the way you want me to live. I want to live in such a way that brings honor and glory and praise to the one who made me and called me and set me free from sin. That others would come to know you. That others would see you as I magnify your name, as I magnify your love, as I magnify your grace, as I magnify your mercy. So Lord, this morning, if there be one here that has not received that into their own life, who has not accepted you as Lord and Savior into their own life, that today they would cry out to you for forgiveness. Today they would cry out to you for grace. Today they would cry out to you for mercy and let you forgive them and cleanse them and bring them to that place of complete and total forgiveness. Your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. Two things I want you to think about and respond to God this morning with. The first one, if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, and you have been challenged, and this morning you would just respond to God and say, I want to live more like Christ. I just want you to raise your hand. How many would say, that's, that's my call this morning, God has challenged me. Yes, thank you for those hands. 
all over the place. And the second thing I want to ask today is if you're here and you would say, Pastor, I am not a Christian. I have not asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I, I'm, I just today, I just need to repent. I need to call on the mercy of Jesus Christ and ask His forgiveness. I need to be saved. If that's you this morning, I want to ask that you would raise your hand. I want to pray with you. The Bible tells us if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today is a day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. There be one. I want us to all stand. We close this morning. I'm going to say this again just before I close in prayer. This cannot be an emotional thing that you do on Sunday morning and not take it home with you the rest of the week. This has to be a commitment not to the pastor, not to the church. It's a commitment to the living Lord this morning that I want to be more like you. Lord, this morning as we close this service, there were so many hands and they just they, they, they co committed themselves today and they're asking of you. We are asking together, God, I'm asking, help me to be more like you. Help me to live my life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday more like you with the people I work with and the family that I love so much and the world that so desperately needs to have you magnified in their life. God, help me to live more like you. God, as we go out of this place today, we go out with a desire to bring people to you. Use us, Lord. Use our life. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.